Hey, we're so glad that you're here for part three of our series. And I want to give a shout out to our tech crew. A two-man tech crew has been pulling this off uh, for 12 weeks now today, over 100 plus hours uh, into all of this. So we want to give it up for Caleb and Anthony and all the effort and work that they have given, the time they've given. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. They're in the room here. So I'm giving them some applause today. Um, you know, most people think that the story of Jonah is, um, has nothing to do with them. I mean, it, they, they think it's about a missionary who just didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. But actually, we've been learning that God is speaking to all of us through the book of Jonah. In fact, we're realizing that we're just like Jonah in so many ways. This week, I was asking myself a question. I, how many of us would do what Jonah did? I wonder, how many of us would do what Jonah did? I mean, back in Jonah chapter 1, God spoke to Jonah and he said, Go east to Nineveh. I want you to be part of what I'm doing. And Jonah said, No, I don't want to. I don't want to go. I don't want to be part of what you're doing. And the scripture tells us in Jonah 1 verse 3, Jonah went in the opposite direction, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. He went as far west as possible. Jonah did exactly opposite of what God wanted him to do. Have you ever done anything like that before? I mean, have you always done what God has asked you to do? Chances are, if you're like most of us, (laughs) you haven't. I mean, in fact, most of us have done the opposite of what God has asked. Numerous times and in numerous situations. And we're just like Jonah. So Jonah gets on board this ship and he sails west away from God. At least he thinks he is. But God wasn't going to let Jonah continue down this path. Jonah uh, chapter 1 verse 4 says, The Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. God is so committed to us that he won't leave us alone. God loves us so much that he will not leave us where we're headed. That's what was going on. That was what's going on with some of us today. I mean, God wants us back. So rather than allow you to continue running away from him, God will bring the storm. God will wreck your plans. God will sink your ship. The storm was sent by God, and it overwhelms the ship. And we read that fearing for their lives, the sailors shouted to their gods in desperation for help. And they threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. They thought the ship was going down. And it wasn't working. The storm was tearing the ship apart. So the crew begins to think that this has to be punishment by the gods. And they needed to figure out who was being punished. So they threw lots. That's kind of an ancient way of throwing dice to make a decision. And and it says when they did this, The lots identified our guy Jonah as the culprit. So Jonah is singled out, and they begin questioning him. And Jonah tells them who he is and and the name of his God. And this freaks them out even more. It says that the sailors were terrified when they learned this, for Jonah told them he was running away from the Lord. So they asked Jonah, what are we supposed to do? And Jonah tells him in verse 12, throw me into the sea, he says, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. 
Now, by throwing a guy overboard in a storm like this, this is putting a guy to death. And the sailors didn't want to do this, so they tried to row to shore instead. But they couldn't. The storm was too big. So they cry out to Jonah's God. You can read it in Jonah chapter 1 on your own. They know, they believe that God is in control, that he's causing this storm. And they don't want want him to hold them responsible, accountable for Jonah's death. And it says in verse 15 that then the sailors threw Jonah into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. Immediately it stopped. And so what happens to Jonah? Well, it says, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. You probably know that story. You may have heard it as a kid. Now, what kind of fish was it? I mean, no one really knows. Researchers think it's either a great white shark or a whale shark, but nobody really knows. You can Google it and you can see all kinds of arguments and discussions about it. But listen, that's not the point. I mean, don't pay too much attention to to the fish, don't get hung up on the fish. It's only mentioned a few times. Don't get hung up on the fish. It's, it's not that important. See, the fish is simply God's nonstop southwest flight for Jonah. I like to say that the fish is simply God's Uber for Jonah. It's, it's going to get him somewhere. We'll, we'll see this later. The fish isn't God's message in this story. The fish is God's method. Take a look at verse 17. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. (laughs) Now, Jonah doesn't know this at the time. I mean, he he thinks that this is the end of him. He thinks he's going to die here. I want you to think about this for a moment. Jonah was inside the fish. Think about that. And, and, And and push out of your mind this idea that this was like Pinocchio, Disney's Pinocchio, because you know, you know, Pinocchio's floating on a raft, and, and he starts a fire to stay warm, and he sees other people there. No, no, it wasn't like this at all. This was not a comfortable ride. He couldn't walk around. He couldn't move. Jonah's physical position was not easy. He was barely alive inside this fish. And so I started thinking this week, How many of us are claustrophobic? (laughs) Probably couldn't move his arms in that fish. I mean, it it was really tight inside that fish. How many of us are germaphobic? I mean, can you imagine the slimy things inside a fish all over your body? How many of us don't like bad smells? (laughs) Can you imagine the smells that Jonah was experiencing This is way worse than bad sushi, the gastric acid smells. This is way worse than a bad burp. How many of us are afraid of the dark? You're inside a fish, there's no light. How many of us fear drowning? I mean, he's at the bottom of the sea. Even if he was able to get out, he'd never be able to get to the surface. I wonder how many of us would be freaking out if we were inside the fish. Jonah's inside this fish, and what happens is a really big deal. Take a look at Jonah chapter two, verse one. Then, I love that word, then, he's inside this fish, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Jonah had nowhere to go. There was absolutely nothing he could do. There was no hope. So what did he do? He chose to talk to God. Jonah 
hasn't prayed this entire story. You can read all the way through Jonah chapter 1. He doesn't pray at all. For some people, it takes severe circumstances like this. I mean, nothing really clears your mind like facing death by fish, right? (laughs) Jonah's praying to the Lord, his God. Isn't that interesting? His God. It becomes personal. So let me ask you, if, if you were swallowed by a big fish, what would you pray? Jonah, he's been running from God in chapter 1, and now in chapter 2, he's crying out to God. And it says in verse 2, he said, Jonah said, he, he was praying this, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You know, some of us, we're, we're thinking to ourselves, I've been running from God for a long time. I, I, I'm so far from God that um, I don't know if he could hear me. I, I'm not close to God at all. Jonah would say to you, if he could talk to you today, he would say to you, no, just, just turn to God. He's right here. Turn to God. He's not far away. He will answer you. He hears you. He will answer you. Jonah was not doing what God wanted him to do. He was running from God. Remember, that's why he's in the water in the first place. But God hears our cry of distress, even when we are disobedient, even when we're running from God, far from God. He hears us. Some of us are facing things in our life right now because of disobedience. We're not doing what God is asking us to do. And you may be wondering, is is there any hope? Maybe you're crying out to God and, and you're wondering, does he even hear my cry? Jonah reminds us that God is here in the crisis with us, even the ones we create on our own by our own disobedience. God is with you. Jonah continues, He says, you threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The waters engulfed me. I love that word. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. I mean, think back. It was the ship's crew who picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea. But but Jonah knows that all of this was ultimately God, that God was in control. He He realizes that God was doing this, that God was moving in his life. And chances are, What you are facing right now in your life, it's from God. I mean, what is God trying to do in you through what you're facing right now? Whatever you're facing in life, whatever you're going through right now, God is working through it to do something in your life. Jonah continues, Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. Jonah realizes that he has a broken relationship with God, and he's crying out to God. He wants to come back to God. Jews often refer to prayer as looking toward the temple in Jerusalem. So Jonah is coming back to God in his prayers, and he continues to cry out with some very specific description. Look what he says in verse 5. I sank beneath the waves, and the water closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains, at the bottom of the sea. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. How far will God let you go in disobedience and sin? I believe that God let the circumstances become impossible for Jonah. 
I mean, did Jonah feel like God had forgotten him? Yes. Did he feel like God had abandoned him? Yes. But had he really been forgotten by God? Had he really been abandoned by God? No, never. God was there. Maybe you feel like you've been forgotten, abandoned by God. The the waters have surrounded you in life. You feel overwhelmed in life. But God, friends, listen to me. God has appointed that situation. He has appointed that frustration, that loss. There are things happening in your life that God is using to get your attention right now. In fact, you're watching this broadcast right now, and I believe that God's trying to get your attention. For many people, that's what it takes. You feel crushed. You you feel desperate. You feel overwhelmed. And so you turn to God. Jonah felt like there was no hope. He was barely alive. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, I don't know if I can take this anymore? Have you ever felt like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this? I don't know if I can make it. I feel overwhelmed. Often, what feels like the end of us is what God uses to save us. Listen. That's our main point for today. I want, I want you, I want me, I want us to get this. Often, what feels like the end of us is what God uses to save us. You know, people say, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm sorry, friends. I don't want to burst your bubble today, but you will not find that in the Bible. What you will find in Scripture is that God promises to be there with you. God promises to be there when you cry out to him. See, often God will put you in the belly of a fish to realize that you need him. Jonah realized this. Look what he says in verse 6. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. I love that. God had brought Jonah to the end of himself to get his attention. In verse 7, Jonah says, As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. God has Jonah's undivided attention in this moment. Jonah prays, Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows. Listen, when you face the end of you, nothing matters except God. Jonah realized that God was his only hope. And he says this, I love this last line of his prayer. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. For my salvation, my rescue, my deliverance, my hope comes from the Lord alone. God didn't let Jonah drown, even though it was Jonah's idea to be thrown overboard. Think about that one. You know what that's called? That's called grace. 
That's God's grace, the unmerited favor of God. God showed his grace to Jonah by providing a fish to swallow him so that Jonah could get back on track with the purposes of God in his life. The fish is a clear example of God's grace given to Jonah. And now Jonah was admitting his need for God's grace. And you know, the grace of God, the grace of God is harder to accept than it is to understand. Because the grace of God forces us to accept two things that we really don't want to admit. That there is nothing we can do to save our lives, save ourselves, and we will never be saved unless God saves us. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 8, That it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. It is by what? Grace that you've been saved. See, Jonah was inside this fish. He was thinking he was dying. And then he slowly is realizing, hey, wait, I'm, I'm still alive. And instead of this being punishment... This is actually salvation from God. This is actually the safest place I can be. Listen, friends, often what feels like the end of us is what God uses to save us. So what if God is using our circumstances to push us in a direction that we would otherwise have never gone? Verse 10 gives us the end of the story. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Some translations say vomited out. I like the New Living. It's a little bit cleaner. Spit him out. You know, it's funny. Up to this point in the story of Jonah, we have seen five miracles. Think about it. God caused a violent storm. Remember, he hurled a storm. God caused the crew's lot, like the dice, to fall on Jonah. Jonah was the culprit. God calmed the sea when Jonah was thrown overboard. God had the fish swallow Jonah. And now God has the fish spit Jonah onto the beach, onto dry land. Now I'm sure that none of these things that happened to Jonah really felt like good things to him. But Jonah was in the wrong place. And so God was moving him from the middle of the ocean back to where he needed to be, back to where he started. Often, what feels like the end of us is what God uses to save us. God was working in Jonah's life to accomplish his purposes. Now, I want you to think about your life for just a minute, and then we're done. What is God doing in your life? It's a good question to ask yourself today. What is God doing in your life? God is working in your life. Now, you may be aware of it or not, but he's working in your life. He's trying to get your attention. God has an incredible plan and purpose for your life if you submit to him. God is working to accomplish those purposes if you let him. Now, maybe, maybe you're running from God. My advice Stop running. Experience what God has for you. I mean, God is patient with us. God is compassionate and he is full of mercy. But you know, sooner or later, God will send a storm or God will send a fish. 
Don't wait until life gets miserable before you submit to God. Maybe you feel like you're in the belly of a fish right now. Maybe you're at a place where you feel like you have nothing left. You feel overwhelmed. You feel like you're at the end of yourself. It's a good time to cry out to God. It's a good time to surrender to God. It's a good time to submit and to realize that salvation is in him alone. Hope is in him alone. When you come to the end of you, you will find God when you cry out to him. We're told in the book of Hebrews, the writer tells us something that is so timely and so poignant and so applicable for this story and for us today. Look what he says. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Is the good phrase there. And then he says, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace. Grace to help us when we need it most. Listen, you may not be able to fix what you're facing. You may not be able to change what you're facing. You may not be able to avoid what you're facing. But by crying out to God for his grace, you can get through it, whatever you're facing.